0: Hello and welcome to the WAMDA podcast. My name is Triska Hamid and I'm the editor at WAMDA. Jordan, its 10 million strong population accounts for only 3% of the Middle East and North Africa's total population. Yet almost a third of the entrepreneurs in the region are Jordanian, according to research from the country's Ministry of Digital Economy and Entrepreneurship. This is in part due to the government's long-standing support of the tech and entrepreneurship sector. Today, Jordan is one of the biggest and most prominent digital outsourcing hubs, including Business Process Outsourcing, BPO, and IT Outsourcing, ITO. To get a better understanding of how Jordan has managed to achieve this, I spoke with Zina Majali, founder of Crystal, the country's first outsourcing contact centre, which currently employs around 2,000 Jordanians, of which 50% are women. She is also the founder of Zina AI, an Arabic virtual assistant that specialises in Arabic speech synthesis and natural language understanding. I have to point out that at the time of recording this podcast, I was suffering from a terrible cold, so I apologise for the way I sound. Hi Zena, welcome to the WAMDA podcast. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Um, Thank you for for giving us your time. I'm really keen to hear your story um, as an entrepreneur in Jordan. When did you first start out? Well, we started in uh, 2007. I'm one of uh, a few
1: co-founders who started a company called Crystal here in Jordan, the first uh, independent uh, contact center. Uh, to uh, introduce the idea of uh, business process outsourcing uh, here in the country.
0: How long ago was that? We launched
1: Crystal in uh, 2007.
0: Okay, wow. So back then when uh, there was hardly any entrepreneurship activity?
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the word entrepreneurship was not even being used here in Jordan back then.
0: So, I mean, tell us more about the landscape back then and how has it changed to, to what it is now? Uh, the landscape has changed a lot.
1: Uh, there's a completely different uh, ecosystem today that wasn't existent uh, back then. Uh, so um, we started up this company and what we wanted to introduce something new here in Jordan. And when we told our parents, everybody was just surprised by the idea of us wanting to do something on our own and not just going with the traditional uh, nine to five jobs that everybody expected us to do. Uh, some of us continued with this idea and some of us, uh, their parents wouldn't even uh, allow the, the, the concept of uh, having their uh, uh, children do something else. Uh, So uh, the few of us who remained uh, started up the company and started the journey together. And what we see today in Jordan is completely different. Uh, We have such an uh, extensive and massive uh, ecosystem here with so many supporters uh, all around and many, many entrepreneurs that are coming out of uh, this country, uh, very talented entrepreneurs, I must say. Uh,
0: So uh, the, the vibe has completely changed, I must say that. I can imagine. So when you first started out, it's a call center, right? Yes, it is. And I imagine for tech companies or for who? Uh,
1: it's actually for all types of businesses. Uh, so we have a lot of tech companies. We have a lot of e-commerce uh, companies that outsource to us, telecom providers, uh, people in fintech, uh, banks, insurance uh, uh, companies, uh, and many, many others. So it can be anybody who wants to outsource uh, their uh, BPO um, uh, work to Jordan.
0: And how has the kind of the actual work at Crystal changed? I, I imagine in the early days it might have just been a phone. Has, has technology impacted the, the processes at all?
1: It has massively impacted actually because our name originally was Crystal Call was about uh, having crystal clear uh, calls uh, back and forth with the customers. And then the whole concept changed and we did the rebranding where we named ourselves Crystal and we dropped the call because it was no longer only about that. So it was more about uh, calls as well as chat support, uh, data entry, other projects that we were doing as well. And now things have developed a lot uh, into more of chatbots and virtual assistants that we provide. So technology has played a major role in shifting uh, what we used to do back then with what we are doing today. And
0: you, you mentioned chatbots and virtual assistants. You're also behind Xena AI. Yes, uh,
1: almost two years ago. Um, Uh, myself and other co-founders started a company called Zena AI which solely focuses on Uh, uh, building uh, virtual assistant in the Arabic language specifically. We find virtual assistants in many other languages all around the world, but uh, the concentration on the Arabic language is difficult to find. Uh, So we wanted that neutral dialect that we can use specifically for each uh, Arabic uh, country and different dialect. And uh, we're using that to support uh, both uh, our clients and uh, clients in other companies as well to be able to serve customers, not only through uh, the regular phone calls, but
0: also through uh, chatbots and virtual assistants in Arabic. So is it its um, own separate startup or is it part of the Crystal family? Well,
1: Crystal is an investor in the startup, but it's a completely separate entity uh, with its own CEO, its different board and a completely different structure.
0: How different was the experience of starting Xena AI two years ago to starting Crystal?
1: It's a completely different experience, especially since everybody now is more... um, is more um, used to the idea of uh, new startups uh, here in jordan uh, the support that we're getting everywhere whether from uh, the banks themselves to uh, the government entities and launching such a company uh, to finding the investors everything has changed uh, a lot uh, since then so it was a much smoother uh, process to to do this today
0: But I mean, it's still a deep tech company and deep tech companies in the region still struggle. It's not as easy raising investment. It's not as easy raising talent. Has that been your experience, too? Honestly,
1: we haven't witnessed that. Um, Maybe our background with Crystal helped us a lot in giving us that push forward. We had no issues at all uh, raising, uh, for example, our seed investment, which was uh, around a million dollars a few months ago. And uh, we found a lot of support also in terms of the contracts that we've signed so far for our startup. Uh, We have been able to sign, uh, thankfully, so many. But it might have been also through the uh, reputation that we previously had with um, operating Crystal, and that helped us maybe um,
0: boost um, the launch of uh, Xena AI. Why do you think it's important to have a virtual assistant AI in, in the Arabic Um, And not just kind of Fusha, but having the the dialect as well.
1: Yeah, our main focus is to have specific dialects uh, for how uh, everyday uh, Arabic is spoken in each country. Because people want to feel like they're talking to a human at the end of the day. And they don't want to keep talking in uh, formal Arabic uh, when requesting something um, as a customer. We found that people really need uh, the virtual assistant aspect because... We have been getting uh, so many uh, calls and inquiries uh, for customers uh, through customers for our clients and the clients uh, are no longer uh, feeling like they only have to keep paying for uh, live agents, let's say. It's being very costly to just rely on live agents, especially when it's uh, frequently asked questions that customers uh, want to inquire about. So we need to be able to provide our clients with different solutions, let's say also cheaper solutions and um, uh, solutions that are there uh, 24-7 without the need to uh, pay more or uh, keep attracting uh, specific talents to occupy these jobs. So our clients need to have the option of choosing uh, going with a live agent or uh, using uh, all this uh, new technology uh, to cater for their customers.
0: and. How difficult is it developing AI in the specific dialects in Arabic? Uh,
1: There are so many different uh, Arabic dialects and we need to use uh, a lot of call recordings um, and data to teach uh, our technology how to uh, speak the neutral dialect for every specific country. And that's something that we haven't found so far uh, in in the region. So we need to develop that because we need to shift in that direction. But it takes a lot of work to be able to do that. A lot of uh, historical recordings, uh, a lot of machine learning uh, for this machine to be able to speak uh, in many different dialects. And if we, um, continue to use formal Arabic uh, for serving uh, clients that will not be satisfactory enough uh, for the end uh, user. Is this
0: something that's quite unique to Arabic or are there other languages or regions in the world that have a, a similar issue?
1: Yes many other regions have that especially when we look at uh, Asia and different dialects that are spoken in specific countries as well but in um, at least uh, we know that in Arabic we really need that and uh, nobody has been
0: focusing uh, specifically on that today. Amazon um, Alexa launched in uh, the GCC dialect. Uh, are we going to see a flurry of, of these new Arabic AI, spoken AI?
1: Yes, it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, that, that's big news for us uh, as well. Uh, the launch of the um, GCC Alexa, let's call it, Um, shows how important this is uh, for our region. And I think we're going to see a lot of that happening soon. And it will create a a whole new market uh, that didn't exist only last year um, in this uh, realm.
0: I see this from a sort of a consumer. A lot of things get done here face to face. No one really likes to speak with a chatbot. They want to get through to the human agent at the end. So Where is the region at the moment with regards to how it interacts with virtual assistants, with AI, with different types of technologies? There is
1: definitely a lag uh, in the region compared to the rest of the world or let's say to more developed uh, areas uh, possibly in terms of uh, accepting the idea of talking to uh, a uh, non-live agent, let's say. Um, but I think slowly people will get uh, more into it, especially with the younger generations. You find that people who are older are maybe more used to going and finishing things uh, face-to-face, as you mentioned, uh, while others are more used to finishing it over the phone, uh, talking to a live agent. But the more people start using chats and the more accustomed they get to that, the lazier or the the harder they will find it uh, to actually go and do stuff face-to-face, drive to a specific place to get their job done, uh, talk uh, for a long time on the phone with someone to get something done. And I think with time, this technology will uh, be much more accepted uh, than it is today. It is accepted today, but it's hard to accept it as well because there isn't something as developed as people want it to be. And that's what we are hoping to solve.
0: So why isn't the technology quite there yet? What's, what's holding it back? Uh, the
1: availability of the neutral uh, Arabic dialect uh, for complex uh, conversations is still not there yet. Even with the chatbots, uh, they're still not as uh, developed as
0: uh, we need them to be. Is that a, a problem with the technology itself? Or is it a lack of data? Is it a lack of R&D investment? Is it a lack of talent? What's, what's going on?
1: Uh, it's a lack of investment uh, in all those, I would say. And I think uh, many people have been focusing on different things, uh, developing different things, but this hasn't been a main focus today. And we've relied so far on international players uh, outside the region who have uh, included Arabic uh, as another language uh, on their platforms. But uh, after using those uh, in the region, we have found out that they're not uh, satisfactory enough to satisfy uh, what people want. So uh, this calls for uh, more people to try to develop something more specific and more relevant uh, to this region. And this is still uh, under development and needs a lot of time to improve so far.
0: I really want to get a sense of why it's so important to, to develop something in the region For the region, you'd imagine that the companies like Google, and Microsoft, they have the best talent in the world, they have so much money at their disposal, and yet they haven't been able to nail Arabic. I mean, you look at Google Translate, and there's always an issue with with the Arabic translation it provides. Yes why is there that gap
1: first of all you need the you need the neutral dialect and you need it to sound very relevant to the person who's uh, who's speaking uh to to the machine the other thing is there's the aspect of the culture and the machine needs to also understand that which is something that we are doing here at xena ai so you need to understand uh the the slang uh, that's being said um the the messages that the Uh, customers trying to convey um, any jokes uh, that maybe the machine would would say or that the person would say on the other side. And those are things that have still not been understood today. So as you said, Google uh, and many others have all the technology that they need today. They have uh, amazing people working behind all these uh, machines uh, that are teaching them. But it's still not relevant to the Arabic region. Uh, We are missing the neutral dialect and we are missing the cultural aspect as well uh, to understand people more.
0: Interestingly, uh, two of these virtual assistants in Arabic are based in Jordan. One uh, is yours. The other is from Mawdur. Is there any I'm missing out? Are there any more that you're aware of in Jordan? No, these are the the main two uh, that you can... uh, mentioned What is it about Jordan that's allowed uh, Xena AI and um, Moldor to develop a virtual assistant?
1: Uh, well, I think uh, it's uh, a good time to say that Uh, 27 percent of the middle east and north africa's tech entrepreneurs are jordanian although the jordanian population accounts for only three percent of that in the region so we have many many uh, talented youth today who are coming up with uh, great ideas and that may be a reason for why uh, things like that are being developed uh, from here today Um, we have an abundant talent uh, I mean, Jordan's greatest resource has always been its human capital. So you can you can see a lot of uh, good people here today with the amazing ideas trying to serve the region and the rest of the world from Jordan.
0: I mean, one thing we see uh, is a problem with brain drain across the region. Quite a lot of Arab countries, they lose that brain drain to the UAE. Uh, increasingly to Saudi, and you know the best talent do end up in the U.S. and and Europe. Is is that the case for Jordan? Is there a way that perhaps to retain that talent?
1: I would say it was uh, more so in the past. We were some of the few who probably 15 years ago, didn't leave when we had a good idea um, to start up here in Jordan. But with more people uh, coming up uh, with with great ideas here and with the support that we're seeing really from our government uh, and uh, from different entities here that support this ecosystem, I think more people are staying here. It's also becoming very competitive in the region. Um, And you will find uh, more uh, countries wanting to employ their own uh, citizens uh, in different positions, especially with the high unemployment rates everywhere. So you find more Jordanian talent staying in Jordan today uh, and trying their best, uh, to do the best they can uh, with their great ideas from here. Uh, We also have, by the way, our Ministry of Digital Economy and Entrepreneurship uh, which previously was uh, the ministry of uh, the ICT uh, here in Jordan. And it shows the focus that this country um, is having today on uh, on um, uh, entrepreneurship and the digital economy aspects. So uh, those are things that we're seeing here today. And I think those are helping in retaining uh, the good talent we have and reducing the brain drain uh, that you mentioned earlier. Yeah.
0: I'd like to... Go back to the topic of deep tech. Uh, You're an investor yourself in this space, right? Yeah. We look at the uh, investment figures in the region and deep tech accounts for less than a percent generally, even though it's one of those sectors that requires quite a lot of investment up front. Why is it that this sector is lagging um, so much in the region?
1: Well, to be quite honest with you, I don't know if I can answer that because in my personal capacity, I find uh, the opposite of that. So, for example, with all the personal investments that I do, Um, and all the uh, entrepreneurs that I see with their new ideas I'm always very interested in deep tech specifically and (laughs) let's say most of my investments have been in that direction specifically because of all that you mentioned Uh, but I wouldn't honestly know why uh, the rest uh, are not seeing it in that way.
0: I mean if we're looking at the VCs in the region and looking at who they have been investing in it is fintech e-commerce logistics food tech but anything with sort of ai machine learning iot these things don't attract as much investment and i guess one of the reasons given is because the investors themselves are lacking the knowledge in this space
1: Uh, it's probably what you're saying and maybe because we have a lot of knowledge in that we find out how interesting it is to invest in this specifically because this is the future it's all about the machine being able to do everything at the end in all the processes and all the things that we do in our uh, daily lives. But maybe um, VCs uh, that are not so exposed uh, to this might still find other more traditional investments to be uh, more interesting for them. But as you said, the few, this is the future. Uh, deep tech and machine learning and being able to do everything through artificial intelligence is the way to go. And even when we look at e-commerce, for example, Uh, And when I look at those specifically, and if I want to invest in that, uh, in that field, I wouldn't invest in just a typical uh, e-commerce business, I would invest in an uh, e-commerce platform maybe that is using artificial intelligence to get things done. So um, maybe more exposure um, and knowledge for VCs in the region. Uh, about these topics would actually increase uh, their investments uh, in that uh, regards.
0: I'd like to also hear your thoughts on being a, a women investor in the region. We've been looking at how many female investors there are, and it's not that much. I'd like to get your thoughts on why there are so few female investors in, in the Middle East.
1: Personally, I feel that um, we still lag behind in terms of uh, women um, in the workplace in general, and that's just also a few steps behind uh, having women invest uh, and become uh, investors as well. So I think uh, after we are able to have uh, more women um, in um, in the workplace, uh, being more involved in uh, all these day-to-day uh, activities, uh, including uh, new ideas, uh, and, and just working in general would enhance Uh, the amount of uh, women investors that we find in the region. I mean, even when we look at Jordan, and I see that uh, in many other countries in the region as well, um, very little uh, amounts of women are involved uh, in the workplace. And we always wish that uh, we can increase these numbers. In Jordan specifically, we have a very uh, high uh, number of female graduates from universities but then when they go into the workplace, there are only a few who you find uh, uh, going into the workforce. And I think once we get those numbers up, we can actually start working with women more on um, having more women becoming investors in the space.
0: Why is that? Because it's we hear the statistics about there are more women engineers in the Middle East. Women tend to outperform men at university. And yet they only account for something like 3%. Of the workforce in, say, engineering and in STEM uh, fields,
1: the reason I think is still cultural. I think the idea of uh, women uh, going to work is uh, is improving, uh, but uh, it's still um, it's still uh, an issue of uh, of culture. Uh, not many are. Uh, Seen as accepted to go uh, to work either from their families, uh, their husbands, uh, maybe their fathers. Uh, some women feel that if they do not need uh, to work, then they shouldn't work. And I think the idea of uh, feeling like they have a major role to play uh, in society and in the economy is still not very um, uh, is still not very common. And I think we need to work on that, just changing the mindset in general uh, to show women how important their role is uh, to help boost uh, the economy in all the in the Arabic region.
0: So one thing we hear quite a lot is Jordan is, is the back office for a lot of tech companies, both regionally and globally. Why is that? Why has it become an outsourcing destination for tech? Well, uh,
1: there are many reasons uh, that make Jordan attractive uh, in terms of the BPO and ITO um, uh, industries. Uh, To name a few, uh, let's say the strategic location of Jordan uh, being in the heart of the Middle East uh, with huge access uh, across the region. It has a very safe and stable environment that helps businesses um, uh, work uh, from here. Uh, the other thing is the abundant talent that we have. So um, our human capital is uh, highly skilled and highly uh, uh, youthful, and uh, we have a huge population that speaks uh, both English and Arabic and, and support um, clients uh, who wish to uh, operate uh, here in Jordan. Uh, With a neutral accent, those who are tech-savvy, educated, and eager to work at, uh, let's say, reasonable wages, especially when being compared to elsewhere in the region. Um, Another reason could be um, the uh, robust infrastructure that we have. So we have a very resilient infrastructure. Uh, that complements Jordan's strategic location by providing the ICT ecosystem with multiple channels of local, regional, and international connectivity. So those are just like some of the main reasons I would say why this um, is becoming a BPO ITO hub.
0: We see how successful the country has been in being the the back office. But does Jordan have ambitions to become a startup destination? I mean, what we see, particularly around the GCC, is a lot of money being spent on attracting startups from across the region globally to come and create a hub. Is this something that Jordan wants to do or is it happy providing the tech talent for others in the region?
1: Uh, it's working on both, really, and there's a huge focus on entrepreneurship and innovation here in Jordan. Uh, so, Jordan has been one of the region's innovation hubs for more than a decade now, uh, and its thriving uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem has produced high growth startups. Uh, several of which probably, you know, have already uh, scaled regionally and become targets for acquisitions. Uh, Many acquisitions that we've seen in the past um, uh, have uh, started from here. And those uh, success stories have encouraged uh, the government and the entrepreneurs here to uh, build a more complex uh, ecosystem here in Jordan for that.
0: Finally, how does your family feel about you as an entrepreneur and investor now? You mentioned that when you started Crystal, it's (laughs) <laughs> their reactions weren't perhaps the best how how do they feel about you being an entrepreneur now. Yeah, now they actually they love the idea. They're really excited now and, and and they see
1: it as only that way. Uh but I must say that it took a lot of uh a lot of uh, struggles at the beginning. And uh, not necessarily from my family. They were very supportive uh, ever since the first day. Uh but just seeing people's reactions in general and as you said uh, for women in the workplace uh, and and all the development that we've seen over time, uh, things have definitely changed for the better
0: and uh, now, now people are happy about it, excited and uh, uh, and see it as the future. That's great to hear. That's the sort of cultural change that needs to happen. So I'm, I'm glad it's happening in Jordan. Um, Zina, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks to Zina and thanks to you for listening. You can listen to all of our podcasts on wonder.com or through your podcast provider.